Scroll Podcast number 244 for May 19th, 2011. This week's podcast is brought to you by many tricks, creators of excellent Mac programs, including those that help you manage application windows, catalog your movie collection, and easily rename hundreds of files at once. See their full collection of programs at manytricks.com. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, Senior Editor for Macworld. Ten years ago on May 19, 2001, Apple opened its first two retail stores. Many analysts and pundits thought Apple's venture into retail was a good idea, but quite a few people thought Apple was destined to fail. Now, Apple has over 300 retail stores worldwide, and with more to come. In today's Macworld Podcast, we're talking about the Apple retail store with Gary Allen, If there's anyone not Apple-related who knows anything about the Apple retail store, it's Gary. He's the man behind ifoapplestore.com, a website dedicated to covering anything related to Apple's retail efforts. Gary started the website in 2003 as a hobby, and now the site is a valuable resource for anyone looking for news, facts, and figures about Apple retail. Welcome to the show, Gary. Thank you very much, Rowan. So what's the significance of Apple's retail store this anniversary? What's the significance of it? Well, of course, uh, 10 is an arbitrary number. But in this case, it certainly indicates that Apple is doing everything correctly to, to market technology and to present a place where its customers and uh, potential new customers can go and see the new products, experience uh, service and support, and even uh, talk to other Apple users uh, that come there just uh, as a central meeting place. Yeah, you make a good point when you say cor- marketing correctly, because I think a lot of people were, you know, there were a lot of skeptics about the Apple store when it first opened 10 years ago. There were, and uh, there were quotes, uh, a pretty famous quote is that uh, uh, that Apple will be turning out the lights within a year. Of course, uh, interestingly enough, they spent a lot of money designing those lights, especially uh, to, to enhance the building along with the furniture, the the flooring, the, the ceiling design. Every square inch of an Apple store has been deliberately designed and uh, constructed to very strict tolerances to provide an experience for everybody that comes in. And that's, that's really part of uh, the, the, the key is that when uh, the senior vice president, Ron Johnson, came to Apple in 2000 and started to consider how do we sell Apple products, he decided that they would sell themselves and that left him the task of simply simply uh, in, a, in a relative sense designing a place that would create an environment for people to come in he didn't have to sell the products he didn't have to come up with commission structure uh, and procedures for shall we say putting the squeeze on people when they came in he would simply create this space he would make it uh, attractive, uh, interesting, uh, interactive, so that people would want to come into the store. And it would be almost like a public place that 
Mr. Johnson has said many times, like a, a great library where you can come in, check your email, video chat with uh, your kids if you're on a business trip, uh, uh, do anything online with the computers. So it's very deliberately designed and intended to bring people in. And once they come in, the products are going to sell themselves in in Apple's philosophy. I think that sell themselves philosophy is important in that you know, we, we remember the days, you and I do, uh, maybe some of our listeners don't remember the days of the Apple section in stores like CompUSA and other, you know, big giant stores that electronic stores, you know, the, the um, we both live in the Bay Area and um, the nearest CompUSA back in the day for me was, I think, in San Bruno. I live in San Francisco, and it was in San Bruno. And the Apple section was like a 300-square-foot corner of the store. And it was always the emptiest part of the store. You know, it had the banners, and it had displays, but there was nobody ever in there. And you did get the effect, the feeling that those products were trying to sell themselves, but... You know, there was a big flaw in that construction and that people weren't going to that area. Exactly. And even worse, uh, that was Apple's attempt to actually improve CompUSA's previous sales of, of Mac gear, uh, the store within a store concept. And uh, I used to go to a store in uh, Emeryville, California, and that section ended up being the storage <laughs> for all the other uh, parts of the store, there would be pallets of printers uh, off to the side and, uh, you know, empty shelves for, for other things. So even their best attempt at CompUSA was terrible. Before that, Sears even sold Apple computers. Right, right. And um, they would put them, uh, you know, under the escalator and uh, the, the, the laptops would have missing keycaps. And, of course, there would be no one around to explain it. And even if there was, they, they couldn't explain the, the, the equipment. So the, the, it was obvious from the beginning that the resellers weren't putting enough attention or employee training or, or really even, you know, when they had a store within a store, they weren't taking it seriously. So at some point, Steve Jobs looked at how his products – uh, which took you know years of work and thousands of people to, to develop, and said, "We've got these products. We've we've got to market and sell them to Apple standard," and that's how the stores were born. Yeah, because the products can't do sell themselves, but you need the environment to get people in the door to see the products. To feel that like they to feel like they can go up to the products and try them out. So I remember, you know, you, you, like you said, the store CompUSA you used to go to was, you know, used as secondary storage. The CompUSA I used to go to, all the Apple products had dust on them. They felt really old. You know, the boxes were faded, and you know, and it, it didn't seem like the area of the store you wanted to be in. And so, and, and you know, it's 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 a vastly different environment compared to the Apple Store. It is, 
And one of the other uh, aspects of sales is that Apple decided to put the stores in the most popular malls, in the highest traffic locations, and to go ahead and pay that rent or lease fee, even though it might be more than putting the stores in a strip mall or some other secondary location. They figured, we want to be where people are already shopping and where people are already walking. And uh, Gateway at, at the time had a chain. It was sort of on the downhill side. But many other retailers would try to uh, go it on the cheap and find the cheapest rent when you're selling technology. And Apple took the opposite approach. We're going to spend the money. We're going to make the stores look fantastic and put them in the highest traffic locations. And then people are going to sweep into our store and see what we have and, uh, and buy products. And that's exactly what happened. What is it about the Apple store design that's so appealing to, pe- to customers, to people? Well, I think uh, visually, of course, it's uh, amazing. Uh, the stainless steel comes from Japan. The stone floors come from Italy. The, the wood is a United States product. Uh, the glass uh, and the glass staircases, those kinds of things, uh, it, it has British technology behind it. It has uh, glass from Germany. Um, all of those items visually very, very appealing. Uh, the fact that the computers are hooked up to the Internet and th- that you're generally allowed to visit any site on the planet uh, if you want to look up a restaurant uh, review because you're on your way to the uh, you know the theater and you want to find a restaurant on the way, you can pop into an Apple store and, and look it up. Uh, the fact that that you can uh, go into the genius bars are an extremely popular destination point, not only for, shall we say, problems you know your hard drive dies and those issues where you're really stuck but it's also a place where you can go up and and get a question answered that you, you just you you don't know I'm making a backup and uh, it's taking a long time is this correct and so being able to go in and talk to somebody who knows exactly what you're talking about and can answer the question that service and support part of an Apple store is, is very popular. Uh, so now there are, is it 324 or 325 Apple stores worldwide? That's correct. 324, 25 will open, uh, uh, in, um, Bordeaux, France. Oh, wow. It will be number 325. And so was Apple's plan, uh, for the, for these new Apple stores, was it always, did they always think that they were going to have 300 stores or because I know they, they the first year that they had stores, they opened what, something like 25 stores. And so they're on the, they open about 25, 30 stores a year. Was that always, do you know if that was always the plan to open so many stores? I have talked to people who have seen an original list of potential sites for their retail stores. And that list roughly 425 locations. Oh, wow. I don't think that they intended to occupy every single one of those. 
but that sort of gives a perspective on where they thought that the the very best locations would be. Um, and I think certainly the international component, that was strictly the United States. The international mm-hmm. component was, was something else. And as the as time has gone on, the, the emphasis was on the United States, of course, uh, when the uh, the economy turned in 2008, they turned the dial a little bit and shifted focus more towards international because in some cases other countries were less affected. And, you know, they, they were probably uh, – the economic conditions probably made it uh, more attractive to build in other countries. So now they're saying – that they'll lower, open maybe 40 stores in, in the current fiscal year. And um, for the last two or three years, they're saying half of the stores they open will be in international locations. So I think their original plan, it could have been in the three or 400 range, but probably uh, that did not include international. So it's still on the, on the uh, upside here. In terms of the number of stores, there are a lot of a lot of countries that don't have Apple stores, and a lot of uh, in, in Europe being one of them. Um, do you know if Apple maintains a goal in terms of a, a popular metric that analysts like to use to determine the success of a retail store? Is the I believe it's the uh, sales per square foot, and it's been reported that. Apple's sales per square foot is might be the best in, in, in at least in the U.S. retail market. It's something like four thousand dollars per square foot. Uh, to give people a perspective, Tiffany and Company, the jeweler, they're, uh, they have sales of something like twenty five hundred dollars per square foot or something like that, which is, was considered, you know. The gold standard, and then Apple surpassed that with their four thousand dollars per square foot. Do you know if Apple keeps track of those kind of things? Do, do they want to maintain a certain metric? And will, does that affect you know where they open stores, how many stores they open? They certainly do keep track of that metric. Uh, Apple is all about details. Uh, again, not only the appearance of the store, but uh, their point of sale system uh, re- reports uh, every four minutes how many products were sold and uh, w- which products. And and so they know everything. How many people are coming and going from the store? Uh, what section of the store that they're visiting? Did they turn left or did they turn right when they came in? They know everything. So the last time that they published that metric, it was uh, slightly above $4,000. Um, my guess is it's higher than that, but uh, it you know at some point st- would stabilize, um, depending on the uh, you know the number of stores as they go up. So it is something they keep track of. Um, naturally, they're selling a fairly uh, high value product for the space, but again, they're not really interested in how much it costs, so to speak. Uh, Naturally, everybody has a budget, but they're committed to opening amazing locations. And uh, last year, they opened 
restored historic stores in Paris and in London, and it costs them millions to to gut the insides of these historic buildings, to restore them to their original early 1900 condition, and then to upgrade the the support uh, systems, the air conditioning, the electrical, and to put an Apple store in there. So they're not beyond taking an old building and spending 20 or $30 million to put in an Apple store where any other retailer would simply buy a, an ordinary storefront and for, you know, a million dollars put in their store. Yeah, well, I think the great thing about that is that Apple's not just picking the, you know, any old storefront. They're, they're looking for, they look for, when it comes to restoring, picking an existing storefront like that, they're looking for something that has some sort of historical value. So that kind of benefits the, the, uh, the community as well. They get to have this historical building restored that probably needs that restoration. And at the same time, Apple gets to go in this really cool location. Absolutely. It, it attracts people. Um, the this, this stores in, um, in Paris and France, there's one opening in Valencia later this year that is going to be amazing, uh, an old building. They've taken six months just to do the uh, restoration part of the process, and then it, it may take another five or six months to actually put the Apple store in there. We'll be back for more after this short word from ManyTricks Software. Greetings, this is Rob Griffiths of ManyTricks, sponsor of this week's Macworld podcast. We thank you for listening in and hope you'll take a minute to drop by our website at manytricks.com to see our collection of great Mac utilities. And now, back to the podcast. Uh, for for several years after the Apple Store opened, uh, people went there for the for the Mac to get stuff for their Mac, to buy Macs. But now, most people go into the Apple Store for the iPhone and iPad. And so, I guess in recent history, these big home run products are what drive people to the Apple Store. And I'm just wondering, you know, is Apple going to have to keep coming out with a home run product after, you know, every couple of years in order to keep people going into the stores? I don't think there's any limit to Steve Jobs' fertile mind. Uh, <laughs> he is thinking ahead of of uh, what we all know, of course. And I think he has products in mind and is generally waiting for all the different uh, technologies, uh, battery, screen, keyboard, uh, you know, uh, CPUs, all of the technologies to converge at some point to then make the product uh, within to Apple's high standards. Uh, Apple could probably come out today with three or four products, but they would not provide the customer experience that everybody expects. Perhaps the battery life would only be two hours. Perhaps the screen would be uh, very low resolution. Uh, whatever, whatever technology hasn't reached its peak Apple is not going to use. So uh, I think he's uh, certainly has products in mind for t- for at least two years, and probably even you know further out than that from the concept stage. And the great thing is that you know I think uh, Steve Jobs said 
that, you know, with these Apple stores, he essentially has an, a Macworld Expo type of experience every day all over the country, not just once a year in a convention center. So to think that, I guess my, my, my question was, I guess, thinking that does Apple have to create products to keep the Apple stores going? But Apple doesn't really think that way. Apple thinks that the Apple stores are there to showcase the products. Exactly. And and even, you know, Macworld was uh, certainly drew an international audience, but it cert- can't match all of the stores in other countries and uh, new countries all the time. Um, the, the stores in China, the visitor numbers are just off the charts because people have not been able to see anything like that before. The, the stores are uh, completely amazing and that's one reason people go but to see a presentation of products of apple products like that is something that just doesn't exist in china Uh, they sell their electronics in a completely different way in completely different venues Um, it 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 attracts people that that would never be able to get on a plane and, and come to san francisco or any other place for a mac world so uh, speaking of the you know people visiting the Apple stores, so you cover the Apple stores extensively. How many Apple stores have you been to? Well, the last time I counted, I I think I'm in the uh, eighty range for oh, wow. for vis- walking in and visiting you know, all types of stores. And do you is so is ifoapplestore.com just to let you know people know you know this is you you cover extensively Apple retail. Is this kind of your full time gig? Is this something you do? You know, does it take up most of your day? It seems to. Uh, it, it it will run in uh, cycles. Uh, Apple opens most of its stores in the second half of the year. In, oh, I in, see. In the pre-holiday season. So most of the first six months is a lot of planning uh, early in the year. And then construction begins in this sort of uh, April, May, June uh, period. And then grand openings will start to occur in the uh, July, August, and, and on through uh, November and even sometimes December. Okay. And, do, what, and the first Apple store you went to was the Tyson Corner store? Well, the first one I went to was number nine, which was in Palo Alto, oh. California. Oh, the, the, the so-called mothership store? Exactly. And, okay. and Steve Jobs showed up for the uh, grand opening. Oh, wow. Did you get to meet Steve Jobs? I did, although uh, it was a, at that point in a crowded store, and it was a handshake and a uh, thank you, uh, you know, for for all the hard work. And uh, so, do you have a particular? Did, was there one store of all the ones you visited that kind of you know has stood out? Well, I've been to, besides going to stores, I've been to a lot of grand openings uh, mm. and uh, overnight grand openings, I should say, also, and. Uh, I went to the first international store grand opening in the Ginza in Tokyo, and um, I literally hand counted uh, over 1,900 people in line, <laughs> which is uh, the, the largest line that, that I've been able to ever confirm. Uh, and it stretched, as they say, for blocks and blocks. So that the amount of energy in that line was simply amazing. Um, there, Regent Street is a restored building. Um, 
the Upper West Side store in New York City is this amazing sweeping glass mm-hmm. curtain and uh, roof. Um, there are a lot of the sort of the older buildings, even in uh, Glasgow, Scotland, uh, has a, an amazing building and a stone columns and so forth. Uh, so they there are a lot of the great buildings um, architecturally. But, of course, every store has its own personality because they have different teams. And uh, you, you get a different energy visiting different stores in, in that sense. So uh, I, have a, I have a lot of favorites here in the Bay Area because of the personnel. So when you go to a, a store opening, are you stand, standing in line the night before? I am, along with a lot of other people who uh, are are very enthusiastic. And in case, and and as I understand it, the IFO in in your website's name stands for in front of? That's uh, right. I I had to come up with a a URL that that was descriptive, and it's it's sort of kind of an abbreviation that, you know, IFO, I'll I'll meet you IFO. It's, It's lingo. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, what kind of people are usually in the lines at the Apple store? Well, I went to United States openings, and of course, everybody's pretty wired up, and they've got uh, uh, Wi-Fi laptops and, and now iPhones and um, creative types, um, even, you know, uh, um Doctors, lawyers, all the, it's a pretty wide range of, of people and, and not necessarily under 35 or 40. Uh, I've been in lines with people who, uh, you know, are in their 70s or 80s even, um, who appreciate all the things that, that an Apple products can do. And then I started going to international openings and uh, I was at the, the first store in China in Beijing and um, everybody in other countries is just as knowledgeable about Steve Jobs as anybody in the United States. And um, they're asking me uh, questions or telling me information that I haven't heard. So it's an amazing community of people that are connected by the fact that they visit Apple stores or that they use Apple products. And it's it's really kind of heartening to find that uh, you you have uh, a, a like-minded person thousands of miles away that you've never spoke to before and and yet you can immediately start talking to them about something and that leads to conversations about other things especially on a long overnight uh, camp out for a grand opening right you have a lot find a lot of things to talk about yes so with the anniversary coming uh, you're heading over to the, are you heading over to the Tyson Corner store in McLean, uh, Virginia? Yes, I am. I'm um, leaving on uh, Saturday morning and I'll be driving across the country. I'll be stopping at uh, Apple stores along the way um, and uh, making my way through St. Louis, Louisville, up maybe to Pittsburgh, that kind of thing. And then hopefully arrive in time to uh, be in front of the Tyson's Corner store when they open. I have no idea what's going to happen, but I know I'm going to be there uh, and give them a round of applause and uh, go in, take a look at the store and, and see what it looks like after 
10 years. <laughs> well, that sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, on, on that note, it's about time to wrap up this edition of the Macworld podcast. I'd like to thank my guest, Gary Allen. Thank you, Gary. Thank you very much. Gary has written an article for Macworld, and it's about Apple retail and why it's been a success. Uh, Gary's article will be available on Macworld.com on anniversary day. We also have other articles about Apple's re- Apple retail's 10th anniversary on our site. Uh, be sure to visit Gary's site. It's ifoapplestore.com. It's a terrific resource for Apple retail information. This week's podcast has been brought to you by Many Tricks, makers of fine Mac software. For this week's podcast listeners, Many Tricks is offering 25% off on Witch, their five mouse rated window switching application. Visit manytricks.com slash witch and use coupon code GLINDA1 in your shopping cart to take advantage of this discount. For the Macworld Podcast, I'm Roman Loyola. Thanks for listening.